I would be happy to. So for those of you out there listening to this, the professor of perseverance, um, perseverance, that means to go through and continue and survive. And remember, every day you wake up, you wake up with a choice and a great question to ask yourself is, who do I get to be today? And it's instead of what do I have to do, which is or I have to, gotta, is who do I get to be? Ooh, I get to be on a podcast. Yay, I get to be a podcast guest was my thing this morning. After this, I get to go be a patient with a rheumatologist. Blech, not much fun. But think about who do you get to be and what kind of image and or message or blessing can you give to somebody else? Can you do something nice? Even just smile at the cashier in the drive-thru and say, hey, how you doing today? And really listen, really listen. So you can you can be a blessing to others. And once you start doing that, the blessings will flow right on back to you. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, 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 good morning again today. Ain't that time again for us to motivate, inspire, provide some hope that knowing that when struggles come in life, kick it in the teeth, move on, and have a great life as best as possible from there. Hey, today, my guest, she's going to talk about, uh, I think most of it's going to be about her spouse had a fatal motorcycle accident, but she was raised as a childhood from alcoholic parents. Of course, we all lose uh, loved ones, and she's been living with three autoimmune diseases. And so, but her life's passion right now is helping others build resiliency. So when they know that life has come to kick you in the teeth, put your dentures in and live life the best possible. Welcome to the show, Teresa Q. Bittner. Hi there. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here this morning. I am excited and, uh, to talk we, about resiliency. There <laughs> yeah, we're going. An author of Soul Love, How a Dog Taught Me to Breathe Again. So, we, you know, there's a lot of stuff we can learn from not just dogs, but any animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we get caught up in life because we're the intelligent ones, but we overcomplicate things on this, what could be simple. And so uh, I, I have a story that I usually share about a dog, but I'm not going to steal your thunder with your dog. <laughs> so, all right. All right, uh, Teresa, I'm just providing a, pl- a platform and mm-hmm. glad that you're here and you're going to uh, help us and help other people. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to provide the platform, ask a few questions uh, when need, but it's yours. Take off. Yeah, no. Um, so I'll give a little backstory as to how it happened. My background is in high tech. I was a software developer and project manager, program manager, executive. Got burnt to a crisp. Um, and my late husband, Chris, and I were both raising two boys. And we thought, you know, I thought, oh, you know what? I'm done. I'll just stop working. I thought maybe I'd be a stay-at-home mom. Not my jam. So I ended up becoming a middle school science teacher and discovered that executives and middle school kids. We'll not stop much right there because I was a middle <laughs> school science teacher for about uh, 12, 14 years and coached our girls basketball team. 
So All right. if you actually if you actually look on my shoulder, you see where we won. Uh-huh. We, we had we won a state championship one year. So, Ooh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. All right, yeah. So middle school, uh, boy, that's there. Those kids are a uh, group of their own. <laughs> Yes, I have a special passion in that area because that's kind of when I went off the rails um, mm-hmm. as well and found my own drug and alcohol addictions and went wild, hog wild. I okay. call it my turbulent teen years. There you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And so when I was teaching, um, it was my it was a very big change from executive to <laughs> to a middle school science teacher. But the second year that fall is when Chris, my husband, was killed in a motorcycle accident. It was, it was a horrible day. And um, at that time, the boys were a freshman and senior in high school. It's not a good time for dad to get mowed over. Um, so, and at that time, I thought I can survive this. I have enough faith in God that, you know, it's like, okay, I can survive this. Never even dreamed of thriving or you know, resilience. He was like, I can survive. Got to get the boys graduated. That was my only thought. Mm-hmm. So it was ugly. It's really ugly. I didn't do very good in my coping. It took a while before I actually went and got therapy and things like that. But through faith, family, and friends, and good therapy and counseling, I came out of it. And all through it, people kept saying, oh, Teresa, you're so strong. Oh, you're resilient. And I just kept looking at them like, no, I'm surviving. Like, you don't see how ugly this is at home. You just don't even see it. When the doors closed. <laughs> uh, it was not pretty. Um, yeah. yeah I, turned to eating and drinking my way through it because that's you know that was the only coping mechanisms I really knew about. <laughs> yeah. Exercise, no thank you. Uh, well meeting friends brought me a case of wine. So if you're out there and you want to help somebody, maybe not a case of wine. <laughs> <laughs> so um through that people kept telling me to write my story. And I didn't want to write a lot of the story because it was pretty embarrassing to me about how yicky things got and how I, I felt like I was a horrible mom. I was doing things that I wasn't proud of. So Soul Love came about because I had journaled um, basically on Facebook. I had to post every day so people would know I was alive and didn't off myself. And I agreed, Mm -hmm. I'll post. And I used that to form the book. And I decided when it was year two, I was like, we need something happy in this house because it is a hot mess right now. We're yelling, we're screaming. It is not pretty. Let's get a dog. We We lived out on a ranch in Texas. Um, at that time. So I was like, oh, I want a Doberman, a big, scary dog. Let's get that. There um, we go. Anybody who knows about Dobermans, they look scary. He was the biggest wiener ever. He was just a sissy, looked scary, barked scary, but, you know, would rather play with, you know, flossy. I had, a, I had a friend that had a Doberman and he named his Zeus. Mm. <laughs> we named ours Hans because my ma- uh, my married name was Klein with a K and they're German. So I was like, Hans, good German name. Well, Hans was a goober. So I got <laughs> Hans thinking he would help all of us by being, you know, puppies are fun. Who can't have fun and smile with a puppy? And that was kind of the beginning of the turning point. That same year, I decided I needed to get myself together. Like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, this is not happening. So I decided I would get ha- healthy. I set a small goal. <clears throat> I would be beautiful and bold. Didn't even know what that looked like, but bold. I was like, you know, I feel like I need to be bold. And that ended up being my business name as well. Bold Fulfilled Life is my coaching business. So the dog in the book tells the yucky stuff. So you actually hear from the dog talking in there. And he tells about, wow, I'm really scared. We get him as a puppy. And, you know, he talks about being scared and mom's in that dark place. Because many, many nights, the boys would be upstairs in their man cave. We made, we built them a man cave over the, uh, you know, playing their video games. It would be me and Hans downstairs and me talking to the box of ashes on the 
mantle, just screaming, crying, ranting, raving, how dare you leave me, you know, what a mess, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And Hans was there through it all. And I seriously believe he was my therapy guy, dog brought down by God. Really believe that because he was a strange dog. He wasn't like a normal dog. He would just sit there and look with those big brown eyes intensely at you. And I only had other dogs and cats and other animals around. And they were kind of sympathetic, but Hans was special. So mm -hmm. the book is, was written. Um, I kept getting tapped on the shoulder by the universe guy, whatever you want to call it, going, write the book. People need your story. I'm like, I don't want to relive this. This sucked. Um, so I wrote it because it's like, okay, got to write it. It was very therapeutic in a way, but it has taken a life of its own um, and been out there helping all kinds of people through their grief, their friend's grief, even animal grief, which kind of wasn't what I was planning for it, but it's been interesting. And it is a story that provides hope because we go through down into the dark place and then we come out of it. And I can happily say that, you know, the boys are now married. I got grandbabies. Life is awesome. And I'm remarried as well. So it is really, really good. And that's why I started my coaching business. I got the boys graduated and I was like, you know what? And I went and had somebody gave me free life coaching. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. So I decided, you know what? I've got a good story to tell and mm -hmm. I've got things inside me. I can provide hope and resiliency to others and help them get through those hard times. So that's kind of, that's what I do. That's what I love talking about. Well, and, and uh, like you said, though, we all have a story. Uh, <laughs> no one has to think it has to be some throw it all out, uh, you know, award winning <laughs> story. It didn't have to be anything like that. We all have a story. And yeah. just some of us, it's we endure more than others for whatever <laughs> reason. Some of us, you know, it's uh, more severe than others. Uh, mm -hmm. But we all have a story, and and it's a story of again of overcoming whatever happened. I don't. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't tell their story because they think, like you had mentioned, I'm just surviving. I'm not doing anything any different to anyone else. No, you're mm -hmm. doing a lot more than what other people are doing because they're sitting there where they really are surviving. You're mm -hmm. out there trying to help other yeah. people get into their true mechanisms to do more than just survive. Yes. Yes. No. And I love nothing more than people go, oh, wow. I Wow. I'm doing things, you know, helping people set goals. And I work with lots of different people and it's um, some of the most amazing people come to me and it's like, wow, that's really hard. And a lot of what I've discovered is people want to tell their story, but a lot of other people are uncomfortable hearing it. Um, and it's one of those tell your story. And even if you don't feel like writing, write your story to yourself. And give yourself some acknowledge and maybe even celebrate that, hey, I've lived through this. I've hey, survived. Writing it is is a great form of therapy. Mm -hmm. Putting it mm -hmm. out there, getting it off your chest and putting it down. And mm -hmm. then whether you make a book out of it or not, you know, <laughs> yeah. I would encourage you to make a book. You know what <laughs> I mean? Even if it's just for your own family <laughs> and years to come, great, great kids to read you know, what you went through. So I would encourage anybody to write a book, especially since mm -hmm. it's so easy, read it, you know, to do it today. Um, yeah. With all the, yeah. you know, print on demand and stuff like that. I would mm -hmm. strongly encourage people to do it. Uh, but I understand if they, you know, don't do it and everything. Because uh, my first book was a memoir, how I got in a wheelchair and everything and mm -hmm. overcoming. And it took me 12 years to write it because I'm not an author. Um, 
And so, uh, you know, so I would just encourage anybody. Uh, someone told me if you wrote only 15 minutes a day, now you got to dedicate yourself for 15 minutes because mm-hmm. we all get caught up with, well, I didn't have 15 minutes a day. Yeah, you did. Bull crap. Okay. You got 15. <laughs> but someone told me if you just wrote 15 minutes a day for one full year, you have mm-hmm. a book. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, it, and again, it doesn't have to be 200 pages, 150 pages, 1,000 pages, 100 pages or less will help people. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, that makes, reminds me of my new husband. I, we joke that I'm his latest wife because he said I'm his third, but anyway, it's our joke. There you go. It's all right. <laughs> We've been married nine years now or eight, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so his mom wrote a kind of a memoir and a story of his family and she's been gone for a while and I've never got to meet her. So for me to be able to read that story and the grandkids who were babies when it's so special and it's just on type, you know, it's a good old fashioned typewritten thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it means, it meant a lot because I got to see into who she is. So I agree, you know, just write it. And even if you just keep it, you know, put it on a piece of paper and write it and publishing today it's a PDF or a word doc, throw it up in KDB on Amazon and you too can be a published author. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then you have something to put on your tombstone, published author. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so from there, I had a friend, uh, she passed away unexpectedly, but we mm-hmm. met in our local Walmart. She was working there and I used to take my service dog in to walk him around and we become good friends. And she had said, she wrote this story back when she was like, I don't know, 18 years old and just little old, like a Nancy Drew type story and little mystery. Mm-hmm. And I I kept in, encouraging us, say, won't you give me your manuscript? I'll go type it up and everything and I'll I'll do everything you need and you can have your book. And um she passed away unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And I told her family, if they ever find it, get it to me. I'll get it published for because I know she that's what she wanted. And mm-hmm. I hadn't heard anything from them. She's been passed away now three years. And mm-hmm. hadn't heard anything more from the family, but and, but they knew that's what she wanted, you know, oh, to, wow. to get this done. Uh, so I don't know if they just finally threw things away and not paid attention where it's at. I, I have no idea. But uh, but I, yeah, I wish she would have took care of that when I was offering it. Yeah, another thought. Um, and even if you don't want to write it, just voice record it. Well, she can... she actually had it on. Uh, Back then, ah. the old cassette tape, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what I was going to take it off of yeah. um, to to trans, you know, uh, transcribe from mm-hmm. the voice record. Uh, that's that's what she offered uh, to me. But she she's yeah. I just wish Donna would have uh, helped on long enough to get that to me, and I wish the family would have done something. Oh well, I can't do anything about it. Yeah, but, uh, but I would encourage anyone to write their story out. So. Mm-hmm. It's a great processing tool. And if you're not a writer, draw, paint, make music. I know other people have done yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. the, the the formal writing. You can make your old picture book, you know, <laughs> yeah. and tell your story that way. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of ways they can do it. Hire someone to write for you. You just dictate it and they'll mm-hmm. transcribe and do it. So, all right, yep. we jumped off topic a lot here. <laughs> no. the, but uh, strongly encourage anyone to do the book. All right. So now, um, um, you've gone through. And so what have you learned? You know, your copy, your book again, put up here. It's uh <laughs> soul love, how a dog taught me to breathe again. And you talk about your dog Hans mm-hmm. and what uh, other than staring at you intently, like he's really listening. Mm-hmm. What else uh, did he uh, teach you to help uh, 
up in shorter words to help survive and live again? Um, I think the biggest thing dogs and pets of any type, like, you know, kittens, puppies, you know, wild animals, when they're young, they're so full of life and they're exploring and curious. And I think that's one of the, it is a resiliency skill is to kind of be curious, like, wow, I'm depressed again. I can't get out of bed if that's you. Okay. Let's get curious about that. Hmm. And, you know, did I not sleep well? What's going on? Um, And you just find that curiosity and lean into it without judgment. You know, animals and babies don't judge themselves. They're like, oh, I fell down 37 times. Okay. I'll get up. Um, That's right. That's right. Give yourself some grace there and go, okay, I'm not getting up today. Hmm, Maybe I can get a shower later. You know, if you can crawl to the shower, that's okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, a, I'm a big, I'm a big into the um, forgiving yourself. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, we're we're taught to forgive others that we have perceived did us wrong, uh, mm-hmm. but for some reason we're not taught that we should forgive ourselves for our stupid mistakes. And yeah. believe it or not, as we get older, we're still going to make stupid mistakes. Hopefully, we're learning, and they're not as gigantuous as yeah. when we were teenagers. Uh, but yeah. uh, I've seen too many people that want to live, I can't go get a job because I got a DUI 40 years ago, 40 years ago, and you can't get a job. (laughs) Yeah. You know, well, I got a friend like that. So, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, no, I said, no, you just don't want a job, you know? And so, uh, from there, but yeah, there's too many people to hang on to the past. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to plug my little, little thing here. I'll go to my website, professor of perseverance.com and you can get a, free mini course and a PDF of the book. Uh, your past doesn't have a future, but you do create your future today. So, all right. Sorry for the plug. No, that's good. You got to, you, you do you. I'm good with that. There you um, go. That made me think about, and I had an epiphany moment um, that people, and this is one of the things people, you know, like, Oh, go join this widow's group. I'm like, okay, I'm 42 years old and a widow. Great. I don't want to hang out with 80 year olds. But I went, I went and there happened to be a lady there and her husband happened to be killed by a motorcycle too. And I remember thinking, and she was talking about it and I kind of knew of her from work and things and her past. And she was so bitter and angry and I'm dragging my daughters to every parole meeting and I'm going to make sure he pays and just vitriol, vitriol, vitriol. And it was an epiphany, kind of a turning point for me because I left that dinner going, I don't want to be that. I do not want to be that person. I don't want to be defined by my grief. And that's whatever you have, be it a disease, an illness, whatever. um, If you let that define you, you're missing out on all the rest of you that you've been given to give to the world. Um, And that was a, that was a big epiphany for me. And I realized I don't want to be defined by that. That's, you know, yes, I am a widow. That is part of my experience. It's given me lots of learning from like, Oh, how to be a single mom. Well, that sucks. <laughs> I'd like to get to this uh, one girl I went to school with. I like, I've, I've reached out to her a couple times. She hadn't got back with me, but uh, she, we went to school together. She was a uh, two, two grades below me, but uh, we met up here a couple years ago and found out she's a three time widow. Oh, she's been married three times oh. and all three times she, Ugh. they passed on. And I would love to get her insight on how she persevere and resilient to continue on living. And so, but, but uh, she's not ready. I don't guess, cause she hadn't got back to me. And so hopefully when she gets ready that uh, she'll come on and help someone. 
So yeah, that that's a rough one for sure. And it's not like you have one loss and that's the the end of it. Because I grew up and I had my aunties die and people had cancer and friends suicide accidents. Oh, yeah. I thought I got grief. I'm like, oh yeah, grief, whatever you know, you do your thing. And you yeah, yeah, yeah. Until that happened, and so I mean, you continue to have losses. I started my business and that was the year my mom. I cut says decided, but she had congestive heart failure and was sick. So I'm starting a business, flying back and forth. I live in Austin, Texas, and back and forth to Florida to care for her. And then she passed, and I was like, "Oh, this is more grief." And I was, I had a coach then, and I told my coach, "I'm like, well, I got to shut my business down. I can't do this." She's like, "Why?" I said, "Well, people might see me cry." She's like, "Okay, you're human. That's really good." I was yeah, like, "Yeah." Keep on. She said, "Keep on. Don't stop what you're doing. It's good stuff. There will be more losses in your life." but use them to learn. And that's another resiliency thing is no matter what's going on, what's either the opportunity, the learning, the lessons, or even gifts that you're learning. And through my mom's death, I'll never forget. I'm like, I'm a coach. I'm sitting at the stoplight, bawling, you know, coming from the hospital again. And it's like, what can you learn from this? I'm like, well, I'm learning an awful lot about the elder care system in America. Wow. Oh, that's a, that is a topic in itself. Yes. Good I'm actually writing a yes. second memoir on that. Um, yeah. Coming slow. It's called Elder Care Nightmare Mission of Love. And it's about caring for, and it's it's written for people who are caring for your parents that were, you know, they did the best they can. I love my parents, but, you know, they, you know, the abusers and all of that, because it's mm-hmm. a complexity of a dysfunctional family and the dynamics that build it. So, yeah, um, that was, you know, and that's one thing to always look at. What's the opportunity? What can you learn from it? And now dad's and, in memory care and I get to be the caregiver for my abuser. And give, give you, give you a little, uh, little, what would I say? Little, little, little advice, maybe advice, maybe uh-huh. that uh, if, if you're ever coaching or with someone and they may mm-hmm. see you cry, if it's an authentic cry, mm-hmm. oh, it yeah. happens to happen because you're discussing, they will get more out of that. Then all of a sudden you go and pinch yourself and make yourself cry. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if it's authentic, they'll, they'll know it and Absolutely. they'll, they'll get more out of that knowing that you're open up front, not hiding anything and let them know, like you see, your uh, coach said, you're still human and mm-hmm. you still have these emotions. So yeah, I, I would encourage if it, if it ever start welling up that, uh, you know, even when you're trying to hold back, they know. Yeah. 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 So, and it, it's happened. And I'm like, Oh, hold on a minute. This coaching is about you, but I'm getting triggered. So give me a minute. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, it, okay, here yeah, I'm back. They'll, <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll definitely get more out of that than yeah. uh, fake faking things around. Uh, yeah. It. No, I don't know. So, fake, fake is gross. <laughs> I don't believe in faking. Fake is and gross. Let, me go, let me go back to my uh, quick dog story that I was sure. going to school one day to teach and I come around the curve and Apparently, this black lab had gotten hit before mm-hmm. I got there by another car. And there was two vehicles on the side of the road. And you could see this dog. It was paralyzed in the back hind oh. end where he, where he got hit. And I'm coming around the road. And all of a sudden, I, I stopped and everything. And, but then I look at there. He's on off. He's on his belly. And he's taking his two front claws, mm-hmm. paws, dragging himself off the road. You know, because he wants mm. to survive and live another day. Now, I don't know what ever happened to the dog. I don't know if someone took him to a vet. I don't know if they got him fixed. I don't know if they got him a wheelchair. You see these wheelchairs mm-hmm. for dogs now. Uh, or if they put him down. I have no idea. But just watching him 
getting off the road to survive, live another day, not to get by a car. And I was thinking that day, of course, again, uh, uh, we talked earlier that um, I'm a spinal cord injury. Got my neck broke playing football and was told I would never walk again, possibly not move from the neck down. At the age of 19, put me in a nursing home. I'd never get any better, is what he told. And so here, here I am teaching and coaching, and I see this dog, and I'm going like this. I'm going, man, we're the most complex high intelligent creatures on this ball of dirt. And sometimes we make things more complicated than it is. Now, not to say that poor pitiful me, I kicked them, broke my toe going to the bathroom. Uh, I've got cancer, uh, <laughs> heart, a, a spinal cord injury, I'm paralyzed. I'm not saying that's not bad. You shouldn't concentrate, still get help, still do the best you can and go from there. But it's when we dwell on it, and we mm-hmm. don't want to do anything to get better and don't want to seek the help. And we just want to lay in bed and let someone feed us and watch their TV programs because we can't change it. Uh, that's yeah. where, yeah, we can learn a lot. Like you said, from your dog, Hans, from that dog that was dragging itself, mm-hmm. that there's so much more in life that we just don't overcomplicate it. Yeah, I love that because we do overcomplicate it. We think about it and we have, you know depressive moods. And sure, you want to take time to grieve the losses of mobility. Um, I'm continually with my autoimmune diseases, grieving the things I can't do anymore, but there's so much that you can do. And one of the, another resiliency thing is having gratitude for what you have. Like, okay, I woke up today. Mm -hmm. I, you know, do I have a roof over my head? Check, you know, can I have clean water and food in America? A lot of people do, some people don't, but it's, you know, what can you be grateful for? And another thing is, can you see the future and see some hope? Resilient people are able to go, you know, in the future, I want to, or I think I can, and project that and see that this is a season of life. It's not forever. Yes. You know, mom dying, you know, that wasn't forever. Me having autoimmune immune diseases, they're forever. But golly gee, there's, you know, alternative medicine and good doctors out there. Don't take no for an answer. I've mm-hmm. blogged some on that. So, you know, I had some new things come up and they're like, oh, let's try this medicine. I'm like, no, it's making me sick. Let's try a different one. Advocate advocate for yourself. Cause, I've had uh, two, other, two other guests on my show two different times and mm-hmm. both of them pretty much uh, uh, said and said uh, equally that you need to know your body yes. more than your doctor does, <laughs> you know, too many people go in, the doctor said, do this, take this, and they don't question anything. And right. I, I you know I'm getting sick from it, but I don't, I'll tell them when I go see them in a month and no, know yourself better than your own doctor does. Absolutely. Cause you live in it 24, seven, 365. The doctor sees right. 15 minutes twice a year. That's right. the, <laughs> they don't know. Um, yeah. They don't know unless you tell them and not to hide what you're, you know, or be embarrassed by whatever's happening. You know, have an IBSD. That's not a great topic to talk about, but it's like, hey, this is not okay. (laughs) I am not okay, people. Um, And you know what? It was just simple diet changes. Take fiber pills. The one doctor wanted to give me a bunch of medication that cost thousands of dollars. And luckily, insurance turned it down. So I was like, hey, what else can we do? Try this. Hey, I'm good. Yeah. So, yeah. And being willing to try new things. That's another resiliency skill is trying new things. It's like, okay, what can I learn? The pandemic, a lot of people learned crafts and things like that, but keep learning that ability to learn and grow helps you to be, you know, all that you can be, you know, there's all kinds of things you can do in this world. 
Oh yeah, um, you're I, like you're you're still whatever age you're at, you can still mm -hmm. find a, a different purpose in life. Mm -hmm. To and again, I'm all for we ought to be helping other people somewhere along the way. Uh, yeah. If we have something, it, don't be greedy and hold it forever, and no one else can benefit from it. Mm -hmm. Give it away, share it, pay, mm -hmm. uh, make them pay for it. Something that's if it's going to help them, mm -hmm. share it with them somehow. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, and it doesn't have to be, you know, financial. It can be your time. It can be whatever gifts you've been given. You know, go read to that's a, that's, school. That's, another, <laughs> that's a, one of my next book. I've been, I'm getting written. I just got to go back and re-edit and stuff. And it's sharing our gifts. And, mm. um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and and a lot of it can be, like I said, won't cost you a lick of, lick of sense. No penny, mm -hmm. no dime, nothing. It's just you got a special talent. And you know how to use it and you can help someone again. I can't mow my neighbor's yard if she needed it, but I can call someone I know that mows yard and to get it taken care of for her. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, from yeah. there and, and I'm good. I'm good at this. Uh, I used to work on cars and automobiles where I got in a wheelchair. And so I love income tax time. Okay. Because people, <laughs> well, people are throwing their TVs away to get an upgrade. People are putting their microwaves out there to get an upgrade. Their dishwasher out there that's getting upgrade. They still work, but because they're getting an upgrade, and then they put out there free, take it, and I'll go grab what I can, and then I'll give it to someone mm -hmm. that I know can use it. I don't keep it for me. I I give it away. So that's beautiful. Well, that's wanna, beautiful. And it didn't cost forward. me a cent. Didn't cost me mm -hmm. anything to to have someone loaded up in my van for me, and then we clean it up a little bit and take it and. If it needs working on, we'll work on it a little bit. And so, hey, one of my funniest finds is a guy was cleaning out his garage and he he um, had a lawnmower, pushed lawnmower out there. Mm -hmm. And I stopped and I had a friend. We was, hey, put that in the back of my car and everything. We'll we'll go because again, I used to work on stuff like that. And uh, he's loading it up in my car and dude hollers, it doesn't work. Dude says uh, with me, said James. He said it doesn't work. Cause that's all right. Go ahead and put it in the back of the car because we can we can work on it. And see what we can use. <laughs> and dude, holler again. It don't run. James, don't run. just put it back here. Even if the motor's no good, I can use the frame from another motor or something. And 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 again, so took it over to my brother at that time, and we got over there looking at it. He pulled a cord a couple of times, and then he took the gas cap off and looked down in there, poured gas in it. Then pulled it three more times and it ran for two years. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy goes, it doesn't work. <laughs> we know it does. <laughs> if you don't have that go-go juice. So, uh, yeah, so that was my one of my funniest finds. So. That, no, I love that because you're recycling as well and less trash and just make, doing good things for other people. That also and, makes me think about you can't give from an empty cup. So take really good uh, care of yourself. Amen, sister. Yeah. yeah. You Do cannot help anybody can. if you're you don't you don't have to be selfish in the selfish way mm -mm, mm -mm. Uh, to again not share if someone needs it stuff like that. But you need to be self selfish in your way to keep your health up and going because if you're having bad health, you you're not gonna help anybody else. So mm -mm. so amen to that. That's a great great uh, point to bring. Absolutely. And taking care of yourself isn't, you know, bubble bath chocolates and manicures. I mean, those are nice. Or massages. Mm -hmm. It could be, huh, that, you know, my house is messy. I need to clean it. That helps take care of your environment. 
or, uh, wow, the dog really needs groomed. Maybe I'll go get the dog groomed or things like that. And it could be simple things of taking care of yourself. Like, oh, um, to help really, you know, my clothes don't fit good or they're itchy or I, I just watched, there was a webinar I was on and this guy was talking about, he's trying to write a book and his, um, his pants were bugging him. He's like, this is stupid. Get rid of the pants that are bugging you. You know, like if something doesn't feel good and doesn't help you, you know, if you're wearing things that don't fit, go get something new. You can go to, you know, Goodwill, Savers, you know, you don't have to spend an arm and leg, but do what makes sense to take care of you so that you can be the best you out there in the world. That's right. That reminds me. I got a couple of shirts. I don't know if I'm too big for the shirt or the shirt's too small for me. I got to. I got to figure that out and then (laughs) give me a a new shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I give you permission. I give everybody permission. Like if it doesn't fit good and you're still wearing it and it's like, okay, the COVID 30 for me, you know, the COVID whatever is like, you know what, just, just, you know, do, if you're going to get healthy, do that. Great. That's awesome. If you can eat, but if not, you know what, find something that's comfy. There you go. Life's so, too short to be miserable in your own britches. <laughs> that reminds me, and I'm sorry to jump in like this as well, but I met this one woman at a rehab I went to, and she was a bodybuilder. I mean, mm. She was working, looking good, and I got to talking to her. Name was Mona. And so I got to asking some of the physical therapies because I was there for rehab. Mm-hmm. And um, I asked about her, and they said, hey, you wouldn't believe Mona. She weighed over 300 pounds. Wow. And she got into this fitness and really muscle building. She goes, does contests and everything for women, bodybuilding and everything. About four or five years later, I go back just to visit some of the therapists and tell them hello and everything. I see Mona go by me and she put all that weight back on, quit working out and everything. And I mentioned mm-hmm. something to the therapist and they said, yes, yeah, she, she said that um, even though she was healthier, she felt better than she ever had but she wasn't happy with herself. Mm. She couldn't do what she wanted to do. She couldn't be. And she decided she'd rather be happy in everything she does. If it included her being fat, than eating little finger sandwiches and working out mm-hmm. three or four hours a day. And, and she'd rather go back to there. And I mean, you gotta, you gotta give it mm-hmm. to her. That if that's going to make you happy, then you need to do what makes you happy. Yeah. And, we yeah, don't I need mean, to judge anybody mm-hmm. for how unhealthy they may look because yeah. we don't know if mm-hmm. that's pleasure to them and keeping them going and healthy than everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. And it's, you know, walk a mile in my shoes kind of a thing. It's like, okay, if you take autoimmune depressants or steroids, you're going to gain weight. That's kind of like what happens now. Granted, I mm-hmm. have my own little food issues, but yeah, you know, body shaming, all of that. No, it's like whatever you know you have, be as healthy as you can for you, and you know, take it one day at a time. You know, it just if you're, you can still walk. If you can walk, you can walk. If not, you can do arm exercises. You can do breathing exercises, uh, meditations, things to keep yourself, you know, as good as you can. It's like it's like the lawnmower or your vehicle. You might have an old beater truck, you know, we had one of those, but you know, you keep the oil changes going, keep some gas in it, it'll keep trucking. It'll keep it'll going, f- that's right. You <laughs> take truck care will of, go for a long time. <laughs> you take care of it and it'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all right. Teresa, hey, this has been uh remarkably amazing learning from you and, and everything you've been through with your I enjoy the title of your book and everything. We'll put it up there again with the uh Thank you. It's on Amazon. Love. 
Yeah, go ahead and tell people where they can find it and your websites and other uh, social sure. media. Absolutely. So Soul Love is available on Amazon. It's also available on Barnes & Noble, paperback, uh, uh, Kindle, and hardback. If you want a signed copy, I will sign a copy for you. And you just find that. You go to my website. It's boldfulfilledlifecoach, one word, dot com. And just click on the book. It'll tell you all about it. Um, and then you just tell me what you want to write in there and I'll do it. So it's bold, B-O-L-D, fulfilled, F-U-L-F-I-L-L-E-D, lifecoach, L-I-F-E-C-O-A-C-H.com. Um, I also have, if you go to my resources page, I have free eBooks that I give away as well. Um, there's a couple of them out there. Uh, there's a free resilience and change eBook that you can get. And it just talks about that. Um, how you can some resiliency steps. There's also if um, you're in a, and that's off the homepage, or if you'd prefer and you're grieving and you're in loss and you just don't, you're stuck in your grief journey, there's a little assessment you can take. Um, and it'll kind of assess where you are. And you can, after that, you can check with me. I can give you insights for free. and We could book a free, you know, discovery or not. So, yeah, and my website also has tons of resources for resiliency, uh, grief and loss. I even have a are you ready for death checklist because so many people have asked me. Oh, I don't know what yes, do. that, that, that. <laughs> I was just talking to someone just yesterday and death and dying thing and, and how many people are just scared to death of death. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's part of our normal cycle of life and everything, uh -huh. you know. And uh, I mean, only thing we say is, like you, your checklist and everything gives you a, to prepare better mm -hmm. for it. And mm -hmm. then you're more ease at it. And, and from there. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if a lot of people were scared as much as they're. I don't want to talk about it. Well, that, and they don't f think they fulfilled their full life. Uh, maybe regrets, mm. maybe the regrets I'm thinking of, maybe, maybe that. And I uh, haven't done everything I wanted to do. Uh, ah. thing. You know, I, I don't know if that's it. Uh, I'm that I can understand for younger people that uh, hadn't lived as long, but people would live to be 70, 80, 90. Mm -hmm. You know, I would think they would be more comfortable with it. So, but yeah, that that's a great topic. And I'm glad yeah. you offer that for them mm -hmm. as a checklist to better prepare for it. That's good. Yeah. Well, it's not if, it's when. I always say that. And yeah. if you have your affairs and orders, because thank goodness we had a will. Um, Chris had just signed a uh, life insurance policy, a new one that helped us. And if even if you have it all together, it's still so stinking hard. So yeah, doing what you can to prepare for your family and also communicating that plan. We could have a whole nother talk about preparing for death kind of a thing, because if your loved ones don't know what you want, it makes it really awkward. Um, little short little story here. This was sad. <laughs> this one woman, her, she had a lot of money that lives uh, close to us. and so. They took and bought a, a built a mausoleum type thing for them to be okay. nine of them to put in there so people can go by and see their coffin down inside there. And her husband's in there. Her son is in there. When she passed away, her other children had her cremated. Oh. Didn't put her <laughs> in with dad and brother. Didn't. I don't know. Again, I don't know how they wouldn't have known that's what she wanted. I have no, I, I don't know what the problem is. I, I just feel how sad it is. Like you said, somehow communication wasn't put and she's not there with the, the her son and husband. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, wow, yes, yeah, great. Yeah, got to have great some communication <laughs> to let people know your final wishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're gonna get cremated, what are you gonna do with the ashes? Because nothing sadder. I had a client. She had like all her family and her husband's family, and they were on a shelf in the garage. Probably not what people planned for. So make a plan for those ashes. Otherwise, they get kicked around in the family and it's weirdness. <laughs> and that as well, my younger brother passed away. And my mom, we had him cremated. Uh, and my mom has his ashes in my garage. And mm. her thing is, she's going to be 82 in uh, two weeks. But her thing is, and he's been dead 12 years. Her thing mm-hmm. is, it's the final thing because she wants to go spread his ashes. But if she does it and they're all gone, it's the final goodbye. And I'm going, okay, it's been the final goodbye for 12 years, mom. And I, <laughs> I try not to push it, but like, yeah, Whoa. exactly. Yes. Let people know what you want done uh, with your ashes as well. So mm-hmm. you don't have, like you just mentioned, and I just mentioned, a garage of dust hanging around <laughs> right yeah yeah so, <laughs> we could we could talk all t- day for that one yeah because we yeah <laughs> i've got right, stories Therese. i could tell <laughs> oh, i bet you do all right Trace. hey yeah uh, i really enjoyed your humor with this because uh, again we go through a lot mm-hmm. and a lot of people lose their humor through through mm-hmm. this and which mm-hmm. is understandable but mm-hmm. again once you heal and learn and uh, express things build this experience get back to your normal and don't don't be afraid to live again Exactly. You know, I tell people that to sometimes to smell the roses, we have to walk through fertilizer to get to it. Yes. So, you know, so yes, so we uh, just have to do the best we can and move on. Teresa, I appreciate you being here. This has been amazing. And uh, hey, we know there's people hurting and struggling today. Mm -hmm. If you can leave us with a positive message to help them get through today, that'd be a blessing. I would be happy to. So for those of you out there listening to this, The professor of perseverance, um, perseverance, that means to go through and continue and survive. And remember, every day you wake up, you wake up with a choice and a great question to ask yourself is, who do I get to be today? And it's instead of what do I have to do, which is or I have to, gotta, is who do I get to be? Ooh, I get to be on a podcast. Yay, I get to be a podcast guest was my thing this morning. After this, I get to go be a patient with a rheumatologist. Not much fun. But think about who do you get to be and what kind of image and or message or blessing can you give to somebody else? Can you do something nice? Even just smile at the cashier in the drive-thru and say, hey, how you doing today? And really listen. Really listen. So you you can be a blessing to others. And once you start doing that, the blessings will flow right on back to you. Amen, sister. Yeah, I, I like the little simple, just give a smile because there's mm-hmm. probably an idiot there 10 minutes before you got there that mm-hmm. uh, get put them in a bad mood. And yeah. yeah. So you be the be the light. Don't be the uh, crumbler mm-hmm. and everything. So, all right, Teresa, hey, thank you for being on here. Everyone else, hey, be sure to share this out to someone that you knew can uh, use some humor in some uh, horrific act, uh, situations. And going from there and how to build resiliency and to persevere. I'm Dr. James Perdue, the Professor of Perseverance. Thank you for coming on to Professor of Perseverance podcast. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. 
for motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.